Hello, my friends. What a bizarre weekend it was. Justin Trudeau and the liberals invite an actual Nazi officer from the SS to attend parliament as some sort of uh, cherished war hero. They called him a war hero. They all applauded him. Now, most people I don't think knew who he was, but Trudeau's team vetted him. The Speaker of the House vetted him. They knew exactly who he was. It took independent journalists like Rebel News to expose the story over the weekend, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'd like to show you some video clips, though. Can you go to rebelnewsplus.com and sign up for what we call Rebel News Plus? That's the video version of this podcast. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. You get the video version of my daily show, plus the satisfaction of keeping Rebel News strong because we don't take a dime from government and it shows. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Justin Trudeau calls you a Nazi, but he literally cheered for an actual Nazi SS officer. It's September 25th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. It's Yom Kippur, the Jewish Day of Atonement, the most somber day in the Jewish calendar. And Justin Trudeau thought he'd show the Jews what he thought of them by inviting an actual SS Nazi officer to parliament. Here, take a look at how Yaroslav Hunka, now 98 years old and a proud and unrepentant member of Hitler's 14th Waffen SS Division Galicia. Look at this. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. His name is Yaroslav Hunka, and uh, I was going to say he's in the gallery, but I think you beat me to that. <laughs> but I'm very proud to say that he is from North Bay and from my riding of Nipissing to Miskaming. <laughs> he's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Thank you. That's quite a careful way to describe someone, isn't it? A Ukrainian-Canadian war veteran from the Second World War who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians? 
and a Ukrainian hero and a Canadian hero. That sort of leaves out a few details, doesn't it? But if anyone knows even the most basic facts about the Second World War, they, they might recall that in the final half of that war, we were actually allies with the Soviet Union and that Stalin's Red Army bore the brunt of the casualties and conquered Berlin. I'm not saying that Stalin or the Soviets or the Red Army even were good. They were deeply evil institutions, and Stalin murdered as many or more people than Hitler did and had a much longer reign of terror. But if we're talking about the Second World War and, and, and veterans, fighting against the Russians pretty much meant you were with the Nazis, which is what Yaroslav Hunka did. This is him as a young man. Understand, I'm not saying that he was a regular soldier. He's not just some conscript. There were millions of men in, who, who served in the German Wehrmacht as conscripts. They were not war criminals merely by virtue of, of serving the German army. But what Yaroslav Hanka did was something different. He was a Ukrainian who positively volunteered to join Hitler's SS. That was the political, ideological, pointy end of the spear for Hitler's final solution. Those are the most brutal of Hitler's soldiers, the ones who rounded up the local resistance fighter, the one who hunted for hidden Jews in the attics, the ones who could be counted on to do the shootings of civilians and the dumping of bodies in mass graves. That's what the 14th Waffen Battalion did. That's who Yaroslav Hunka was. Look at this. Here's a fascinating story about Hunka's battalion, written a few years ago by David Pugliese, Canada's leading military journalist and historian. He writes occasionally for the Ottawa Citizen, too. This was published in Esprit de Corps magazine, a military magazine. The headline is, The RCAF, RCAF Officer Who Brought Hitler's Waffen-SS to Canada. It's written a few years ago. Here's a few passages. Those who served in the 14th Waffen-SS Division Galicia had taken an oath to Hitler and had received education in Nazi doctrine. Ukrainian officers had been trained at SS facilities in the Dachau concentration camp. Huh. Seemed like nice guys. So, so how did he get into Canada? Well, a lot of Nazis sneaked out of Germany at the end of the war. Many went to South America. 2,000 came to Canada from this battalion here. Uh, in an attempt to hide the SS connection, the unit had changed its name in the last few days of the war to the 1st Division Ukrainian National Army. So this guy, Yaroslav Hanka, has been living in Canada for about 70 years, keeping a very low profile. I don't know, maybe hoping that no Mossad Nazi hunters would find him and kidnap him and take him to Israel for a trial, as they had with other Nazis like uh, Adolf Eichmann found hiding in South America. <laughs> so Yaroslav Hanka lives a free and happy life in Canada, small town, She's never charged with any war crimes. He never gets in any trouble. And then one day, he's 98 years old now, he gets invited to Parliament as a hero, introduced as a hero. And look at that cheer. Take a look at this. Zelensky's speech received at least a dozen standing ovations. There was also one for this man, a 98-year-old Ukrainian-Canadian who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians during the Second World War. That is the look of relief and that 
wiping the brow and that's vindication, that's redemption. They love him. They don't hate him. He's not a war criminal or a pariah. He's a hero. They said it. Everyone cheered him. He was so proud. And his daughter-in-law and son who accompanied him to Ottawa for the big day, they were so proud. Finally, they could be proud of grandpa and what he did. And look at that. He's waiting for a reception with Trudeau and Zelensky. So all that happened on Friday. But I was honestly more distracted by the protesters shouting things outside the hotel where Zelensky was speaking. There he is. There he is, Zelensky. I was also distracted by this shouty speech that Trudeau gave from uh, inside the hotel that actually seemed a bit unhinged to me, to be candid, uh, a bit off-brand for Mr. Sunny Ways, a little bit off-brand for Canada the Honest Broker, Canada the Peacemaker, the Peacekeeper. What do you think of this? It's just an excerpt from Trudeau's speech. To continue to step up as Canada has with close to $9 billion in aid for Ukraine. But we will because the cost on Canadians, on our lives, on our world will be so much greater if Putin wins this war that we will and have to stand every single day until Ukraine wins this war. The stakes are high for Canadians. The stakes are high for Ukrainians. The stakes are high for all of us around the world. This is a moment where we define ourselves for the rest of the 21st century. Did we stand up against authoritarianism? Did we stand up against those who choose to break the rules around the world? Do we stand up for what is right? We are Canadian. Of course we're going to stand up for what's right. That felt a little odd to me. Did it feel a little odd to you? So that's what I was thinking about after the Parliament event and after Trudeau's speech. I, I really didn't even notice this uh, hunka thing. But by Saturday, I started looking at it because I saw this photo captioned by the Canadian press. And it says, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau recognize Yaroslav Hanka, who was in attendance and fought with the first Ukrainian division in the Second World War before later immigrating to Canada in the House of Commons on Friday. So that was more information than the Speaker of the House introduced, isn't it? But like David Pugliese, the historian, the historian points out, that first Ukrainian battalion, that was the sneaky fake name that the Nazis gave themselves so they could slip into Canada. Those are the Waffen-SS Nazi guys. But I guess no one at the Canadian press or the Canadian parliament or the Canadian media or the Canadian establishment at all noticed. Although CP seemed to get their facts right. Look again, the guys right next to Hunka were literally senior military officers. Did none of them know? that the Waffen-SS actually slaughtered allied soldiers, as well as Jews and Poles and anyone else Hitler hated. There's no way that Trudeau didn't vet him. 
This was an ultra-high security event. Trudeau was there. Every MP was there. Zelensky was there. Everyone was vetted for security. When even a doorman at the hotel reached out to shake Zelensky's hand, his hand was swatted away by security. And fair enough, right? Nothing was left to chance, right? Don't tell me that Yaroslav Hanka just slipped into Parliament like he slipped into Canada with no one watching. They knew who he was. Absolutely, they knew. The Speaker of the House did. Trudeau and his staff did. Likely, Zelensky's staff did, too. Don't pretend that you can just bring in someone off the street at an event like that. Notice the speaker himself was reading prepared remarks when he introduced them. It seemed written by someone else. I, I bet 25 people knew, from protocol officers to communications officers to political officers to security. Don't lie to me and tell me no one knew. But why did Trudeau think he could get away with it? Well, because he has been getting away with it. Back in June, just a few months ago, Trudeau went to Kiev and he met with a real deal Holocaust denier who proudly tweeted of their visit. That guy, Andrei Melnik, was so odious that even Zelensky himself fired him as the Ukrainian ambassador because he was so toxic. He would go on TV and just deny the Holocaust like this. Das was was sie was ein Massaker an Polen in der Westukraine durchgeführt von den Ja, Bandera und es gab auch und es gab auch äh, auf gleiche Weise die gleichen Massaker der Polen gegenüber der Ukraine. Auch 10000 Ukrainer. Macht ja nichts besser. 10000 Ukrainer wurden, das war das war das war ein ein Krieg. Und deswegen, das wollen jetzt die Polen, also diese Geschichte, politisieren. Wir sind dagegen. Äh aber, aber hat Israel Unrecht? Israel, der Staat Israel, ja, das 800.000 ja. Juden auch von Banderas Truppen also Israel, und Bandera umge... Israel, äh, Denken Sie sich das aus? Ich weiß nicht, was Sie sich ausdenken, aber äh, wir reden über Bandera. Ja? Und wir reden und über Scheiß, Bandera. Die ganze Welt erkennt an, dass Bandera an der Ermordung von den von Hunderttausenden Juden beteiligt ist. Nein, das stimmt nicht. Außer die Ukraine. Das, das, es, es, gibt keine, es gibt keine Belege, dass, dass Bandera-Truppen Hunderttausende Juden äh, ermordet haben. Es gibt keine Belege. Es gibt, das ist diese Narrative, dass die Russen bis heute durchsetzen und das in, in Deutschland und in, in, auch in, in Polen und in Israel äh, auch äh, unterstützen können. Denken findet. Sie sich die jüdischen Gemeinden das alle aus? Ich weiß nicht, woher Sie dieses, äh, diese Daten äh, nehmen, aber ich, ich, ich bin bereit, auch mit den jüdischen Gemeinden darüber äh, sachlich äh, zu reden, wenn Sie, äh, wenn Sie wirklich äh, nicht nur das wiederholen, was wir seit äh, Jahrzehnten hören. Bandera ist. Äh, es gab Flugblätter, als die Deutschen reingekommen sind nach Lviv. Ja. Da hieß es Volk. Das musst du wissen. Moskowiten, Polen, Ungarn und Juden, sie sind deine Feinde. Vernichte sie. Das musst du wissen. Deine Führung. Dein Führer Stepan Bandera. Was für Flugblätter. Das, das Als die Deutschen gerade einmarschiert sind, da äh, haben sie quasi an die Bevölkerung das verteilt, die ja noch unter äh, anderer Herrschaft dann da waren. Die haben sich ja mit den Deutschen verbrüdert. Das ist doch ganz klar. Also... Und ich frage mich, frag mich halt, ich meine, ich verstehe... Also ich werde André. dir heute nicht sagen, dass ich mich davon distanziere. Mo Mo und das war's. Ja, das, und das, das war's. Das, 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 ist, das ist ja das deine ist, Entscheidung. Ich ja, frag das ist meine Entscheidung ich, und ich, das ich, kannst ich frag, du nicht verstehen, aber weil... Ich verstehe nicht, ja. wie man jemanden als Helden bezeichnen kann, der gleichzeitig Massenmörder von Juden und Polen war. Bandera war kein Massenmörder von Juden und Polen. Er war kein Massenmörder. Yeah, so Trudeau's hanging out with Andre Melnick, and the media don't care, and the opposition doesn't care, so that's okay, right? 
I mean, if a guy can go full blackface and get away with it, why not? He's learning what he can get away with. I don't know if you remember, Christian Freeland posed with a scarf in the colors of Nazi leader Stepan Bandera. No problem. No mainstream media cared. Keep going, right? David Pagliese, the historian, had written about how Trudeau and Freeland were supporting anti-Semitic neo-Nazi groups like the Azov Battalion, giving them military training. And their main concern was keeping it a secret from the Canadian media. Here's the Ottawa Citizen article. Um, that's a scandal. It actually was published in the Ottawa Citizen, but no one seemed to care. So why would they care if Trudeau brought a real live Nazi into Parliament? I mean, do you think Christia Freeland herself would care? I mean, her own grandfather was a Nazi. I'm not blaming her for what her grandpa did before she was born, but... When she learned about it, she covered it up for years, claiming it was just Russian propaganda. No, it was real. So Trudeau and Freeland routinely call peaceful democratic political critics Nazis and far right and racist. Uh, their critics are not Nazis, of course. They just disagree with them. It's Trudeau and Freeland who really do have the Nazi problem and it's coming from inside their house, but they call everyone those names first. It's like Trudeau calling other people misogynists when he's actually the one who sexually assaulted Rose Knight. He calls you a racist. He's the one who wears blackface. As usual, uh, if it's a report about Trudeau's misconduct, though, you'll read about it in the foreign press before you'll read about it, if ever, in Canada's news media, which has been colonized by Trudeau. So all these things happened on Friday. No coverage. No coverage on Saturday. But by Sunday... A left-wing Jewish daily forward, the first mainstream publication to cover this, reported on the Nazi link. Why did a New York-based newspaper beat every Canadian regime journalist? Now, it wasn't until Sunday. Well, you know why, don't you? You know, a masked agent provocateur unfurled a Nazi flag just long enough to be photographed at the trucker convoy, and that was enough for Canada's regime media to denounce 100,000 truckers as racist. Trudeau deliberately invites a Nazi soldier to parliament and crickets. It felt to independent journalists, like me even, to raise the alarm. I started tweeting about this on Saturday night, and my tweets were actually getting millions of views. I mean, this one alone had 3 million views. I, I, I remember I wrote it at like 1.30 a.m. on Saturday night. Now, I, I read, here's what I said. I, I said, I hope I'm wrong, but I think Trudeau and Zelensky just did something terrible. Let me explain it in reverse. Now, I was so shocked by what I had thought I had found about this guy. I was worried that I must have got something wrong. It was so crazy a story. No, I didn't get it wrong. It's just that every other mainstream journalist in the country who was covering the event either just missed it or didn't care or was in on it. So Sunday afternoon rolls around. The Jewish Daily Forward in New York had done a story about it. Our friend Joe Warmington and the Sun started poking around. And the Speaker, finally, the Speaker of the House put out a press release claiming that it was him, only him, all him, nobody else. Nobody else, eh? You can just grab a stranger and bring him into Parliament with the highest security event of the year. Is that how it works? Same with this woman, Karina Gould, a cabinet minister who happens to be a Jew. Here she is with the Nazi officer. She quickly deleted this image and then claimed she knew nothing about the guy, never met him. Really? You liar. And today she said, shame on everyone for being so political about all this. Can you get a load of this? I want to please ask all colleagues 
particularly those in the Conservative Party of Canada, to make sure that we do not politicize this issue. We don't think it helps anybody. I think we need to make sure that we move forward, recognize this mistake, and stand in solidarity together to reiterate our commitment to Jewish Canadians, but also to Ukrainian Canadians and the people who are fighting for freedom, for peace, and for justice in Ukraine right now. Yeah, stop being so political, you guys. You're causing the harm here. Stop being so political by calling people Nazis. Don't you know, it's just, you know, it's facts when we call truckers Nazis, but it's too political when you call a Nazi a Nazi. Don't you know, and I'm going to use my concerned voice. Here's Karina Gould again in question period when she later admitted that absolutely this Nazi was vetted for security. Of course she was. She knew that he, the, she admits the government knew everything about him, but it's all the speaker's fault, don't you know? Unfortunately, I think my honorable colleague has misinterpreted what I was saying. What I was saying and what you yourself indeed have said is that you invited this particular individual, you yourself decided to recognize this individual without informing either the government or the Ukrainian delegation that you would be doing this. When it comes to everyone that was invited to Parliament, of course that vetting happened. However, the decision, the decision to recognize an individual was that of the Speaker. And I would ask that the members opposite would please be respectful. This is a very difficult time for all of us. But I do ask them to stick to the facts and the issue at hand, which was the fact that this individual was invited by the Speaker and the decision to recognize by the Speaker, not by the government. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, these Liberals lie and they know they're lying and they know that you know they're lying, but they lie anyways. I mean, it's totally normal for a Liberal and, and a Jew to say this. How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? That's my MP, believe it or not. That's normal. That's not politicizing things, but it's too political to call out finding an actual Nazi and bringing him to parliament and cheering for him. Don't be so political. Well, the master of manipulation, the grand poobah of gaslighting, saved his appearance for last look at this absolute masterpiece. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine, uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war against it. Oh, he's somber, and he's upset. He's upset just like you. He's mad at the Speaker, just like you should be. Parliament and Canada have been humiliated. Not him, by the way. He wants to get to the bottom of it. 
Now, he's not particularly upset because he's certainly not to blame, but the speaker's to blame, and those Russians are to blame. Beware of Russian disinformation. I mean, really, did a Nazi even actually go to parliament? Are you sure? Are you sure that's not Russian disinformation? We're all embarrassed and have to get to the bottom of this. And by even talking about what happened, aren't you being a Russian agent? What a disgrace Justin Trudeau is. What an international laughingstock he is. By the way, I note that from Trudeau on down, not a single member of the government has actually apologized for the Nazi. They blame the Speaker of the House who has apologized and accepts responsibility, but he hasn't actually accepted responsibility if that means doing anything like resigning or even firing a scapegoat, which is the usual liberal way. He's just accepted responsibility and, and like, just che I checked the box. Here's Andrew Coyne, the prince of the media party, saying, well, that's, that's good enough. Taking responsibility does not equal resigning, always and everywhere. Even in public life, it can mean that, but it does not necessarily or automatically. If everyone had to resign every time they screwed up, very few jobs would be filled, and none at all in the media. Hey, guys, just because we literally invited, vetted, introduced, honored, and cheered a Nazi doesn't mean we have to actually do anything, because this could happen all the time. You, you just say sorry, and that's enough. Here's his buddy, Bruce Arthur, the Toronto Star. <laughs> the basic dynamic of Canadian politics right now is the Liberals celebrated a Nazi through incredible incompetence. Seven months after some conservatives celebrated a Nazi completely on purpose. By that, he means Christine Anderson, the German member of the European Parliament, who visited Canada a few months ago, except... She's not a Nazi. As you know, it's illegal to be a Nazi in Germany. She'd be jailed if she really was a Nazi. It's actually the one place you can be sure she's not a Nazi because she'd be in prison. She's just a conservative. So what Ruth Arthur has done is trivialize the Holocaust because if a mere conservative member of the European Parliament, who he doesn't like, is no better than a Nazi, then a Nazi is no worse than her. So the Nazi in the SS brigade must not have been that bad not any bad, worse than a conservative politician. That's the Toronto Star for you. What a disgrace. But let me point out again, none of the liberals have actually said this guy, Hunka, is a bad guy because they're still trying to get those votes. The entire establishment let this go for two days. They all hoped no one would notice. So gross. Oh, and, and just so you know how sorry they all are, Today, the Liberals tried to get permission, unanimous consent, to delete and erase all records of their Nazi moment, Orwellian style. I would like to ask for unanimous consent to adopt the following motion. That notwithstanding any standing order, special order, or usual practice of the House, the recognition made by the Speaker of the House of an individual present in the galleries during the joint, joint address to Parliament by His Excellency Volodymyr Zelensky be struck from the appendix of the House of Commons debates of Thursday, September 21st, 2023, and from any House multimedia recording. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. It needed unanimous permission in Parliament, so it failed. They won't apologize. The only thing they're apologizing for is the embarrassment. They're not apologizing for the guy. They would rather delete the proof of it to make it nothing more than a rumor. What cowardly, manipulating Nazi lovers they are.
Stay with us. Up next, I'm going to show you a compendium of other views, our own Sheila Gunn-Reed and David Menzies, plus some comments I had for the foreign media, which is very interested in the story. thought Canadians had some common sense to I don't think that's still true um, because some of the things that are going on there's good news and bad news coming out of out of Canada Ezra Levant is with us now he's a rebel news founder it's kind of like the blaze up in Canada he is the host of the Ezra Levant show uh, and uh, and he's here to tell us the happenings this weekend let's start with um, the big standing ovation that was was given to a Canadian Nazi. Ezra. Glenn, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, <laughs> Yaroslav Hunka is the name of a former Nazi SS officer. So I'm not just talking about some regular GI in the Wehrmacht who was conscripted and just fought in a tank. I'm talking about someone who volunteered to be part of Hitler's elite Nazis in Ukraine. Now, he's 98 years old, and he's been living a very low-profile life in Canada. So unlike some other Nazis, he hasn't been hunted down by the Mossad. Imagine how surprised he must have been to receive a phone call that he would be the honored guest in Parliament when Justin Trudeau welcomed Vladimir Zelensky on Friday. And he was just like in your American State of the Union address where they point the camera at someone in the audience and they give him a shout out and everyone mm -hmm. gives him applause. They literally did that for Yaroslav Hanka, a 98-year-old Nazi SS officer. But they didn't introduce him that way, Glenn. They said he, quote, fought the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Nazis did that. Hitler did that. <laughs> That's right. Amongst other things, uh, you know, they also fought the Poles. They also fought the Jews. And this guy, Hunka, couldn't believe it. He's been hiding in Canada for 70 years. And then mm. in the twilight of his life, he's cheered and he, ra he raises his fist and he gets a standing O. But later on, and, and I did a little bit of digging here, I thought, well, who is this guy? And he was one of 2,000 Nazis that sort of sneaked into Canada after the war. They went to Argentina and other Latin American countries, and 2,000 of them came to Canada. And don't tell me they didn't know. Don't tell me you don't have a guest of honor at our version of a State of the Union address where the entire parliament is assembled. Don't tell me when Vladimir Zelensky comes, they have a very high security vetting everybody rule. Don't tell me they didn't know who this guy was. They absolutely so knew who he was, Glenn. Here is the interesting thing to me. They cheer in parliament an actual SS Nazi, and yet... They accuse, what, half of Canada, anybody who stood behind the truckers, they accuse them of Nazis and threaten to put them all in jail. Well, that's a good way to understand Justin Trudeau. He calls himself a male feminist, but he admits that he sexually assaulted a woman named Rose Knight. He mm -hmm. just said, oh, she experienced it differently. He calls you a racist, but he's the guy who dressed up in blackface so many times he says he lost count. He calls everyone he doesn't like a Nazi, including Jewish people. He called a Jewish MP a Nazi. He called a black MP a Nazi. 
But he's the one leading the standing ovation for an actual Nazi, not <laughs> Nazi linked or Nazi vibes. This guy was out there with his gun obeying their Fuhrer. And it's just incredible. And the kind of mop up work that the media party is doing, Glenn, is just incredible. Why don't we um, throw to a video? Here is an individual. He was described as a war veteran, uh, a Canadian patriot, and pst, a Nazi. No, they didn't say that part. That leaked out later. Uh, and now we have, I guess, can we call it Nazi gate, uh, Sheila? Uh, can we use that? Um, is it a suffix or? Yeah, it's a suffix. Nazi gate. This is a story going around yeah. the world and it has profound implications. Uh, I don't Ooh. think Russia could be happier than yeah. the fiasco that occurred. So just in case anyone's returning to Earth on a space shuttle and missed the story, why don't we throw to the video? Of okay, a wait. Let's just let's just set it up a little bit. Okay. So this is the man in question is a 98 year old. They've touted him as a veteran whom we should celebrate because he fought the Russians during World War Two, because if you are historically illiterate, like liberals tend to be, um, although they haven't completely erased the history of World War Two, there are some people out there who still know what World War Two was about and who's who is on what side. And exactly. if you fought against the Russians, you were on the side of the Nazis. Exactly. And so the, Russia this was guy an ally. Was an ally and paid a huge price fighting on the Eastern Front, by the way, against the brutality of the Nazis. And yep. incidentally, the Waffen-SS, of whom this guy was a member. So the Waffen, um, or sorry, the SS was sort of built up into, broken down into two divisions. One was Hitler's personal bodyguards. And the rest were the kill squads. He was a member of the kill squad. They were known as the most fanatical um, and brutal of all the soldiers fighting on behalf yeah. of Germany. These were the ones that were deployed to kill the resistors, the Poles, the Jews, the Roma, the Catholic conscientious objectors to all to the brutality. They were the ones that went out. They killed um Incidentally, the communists, the capitalists, like they were they were the kill squads. Yep. They were almost religious in their loyalty to the Fuhrer. And this guy was trotted into the House of Commons and given a standing ovation by all parties to the shame of all parties. Yep. Because, quote, he fought the Russians. And so they thought that this guy would be somebody that uh, should be celebrated when... Ukrainian Prime Minister Zelensky came to the House of Commons to get, I don't know, his monthly stipend from the Canadian government or whatever we're doing there. All that aside, he gets pushed out as someone who fought against Russians. And so everybody claps like train seals. And now we've got an international absolute disaster on our hands. I can't wait to see what happens with the state of Israel when everybody comes out of Yom Kippur later on today. Um, I imagine there'll be lots of horrible things said about Canada, deservedly so. But I think that is that's where we are on this this issue. Everybody should have known better. I think some people probably did know better, Christopher Freeland. Um, and Freeland. Uh, 
Fraulein Freeland, as Ezra calls her, um, and Karina Gould, by the way, uh, but we'll get to her in a bit. Uh, let's show the international disaster in real time. Wow. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. His name is Yaroslav Hunka. And uh, I was going to say he's in the gallery, but I think you beat me to that. <laughs> but I'm very proud to say that he is from North Bay and from my riding of Nipissing to Miskaming. <laughs> he's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Thank you. You know what, Sheila? I just want to they, point out. Wait, sorry. They thanked him for his service. His yeah. service during World War II was part of an elite, brutal kill squad where the members uh, enjoyed stealing themselves against human suffering. Look at he's sweeping the. He's like, wow! I thought the Mossad were going to get me sixty years ago, but here I am. <laughs> In the House of Commons being celebrated. Look at this. What an absolute joke of a country we are at this point. Look at. I can't even believe what I'm seeing. No, like, and you can tell, sorry, Speaker of the House, Anthony Rhoda, as he's reading that speech, about 20 seconds and he starts to do the math and keeps going anyway. When well, he's like, oh, he, he fought the Russians. And then he sort of pauses and keeps going. That's exactly the point I wanted to bring up when it comes to Anthony Rotten. I mean, Rhoda, uh, mentioning that he fought the Russians, and he said, in World War II. So to your original point, Sheila, wait a minute. That means he was fighting against one of our allies. If you said you were, he was fighting against the Russians in the Cold War or when Russia went in to invade Afghanistan in 1980, well, that's a different kettle of fish. But... He's given the chronology. Russia were good guys, at least until the war ended in 1945, and everyone's clapping. Um, so did everyone in the House of Commons fail history? The other thing, Shell, I want to get to is that surely, and I'm not sure what the protocol is, but I'm sure it exists, that you have somebody coming into the House of Commons, that person is vetted, especially when you have the prime minister in the House and a foreign head of state who, as we all know, is maybe the number one assassination target in the world yeah, right now. Exactly. And you're telling me this guy wasn't triple and quadruple vetted? And 100%. I don't believe, Sheila, that 
No one else knew about his baggage other than Anthony Rota. We, an apology is not enough. And by the way, when we hear blackface apologize, is it going to be one of these deals that it's been a learning experience for all of us? No, not for us, for you. And also, Sheila, once upon a time, I remember in yesterday's decade, it doesn't happen anymore in the last 20 years, a... Somebody in government that was responsible for this fiasco would immediately fall on their sword. They would issue their resignation, and that was just the way it was done. But we know that blackface cabinet ministers never, ever resign for anything, and they always give a half-hearted apology. Uh, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a learning uh, experience for all of us. So um, here's the deal. Uh, you're right. Internationally, this is, um, talk about hunka is the word, because we got a hunka, hunka, hunka amount of egg on our faces as Canadians and as for Canada. Uh, and as I said earlier, it, Russia couldn't be happier. Remember, Sheila, one of their objectives in invading Ukraine is what they call denazification of Ukraine. Now, maybe that's an exaggeration. There's, you know, Russia, sure. uh, there's Nazis hiding every, hiding under every Ukrainian rock, you know, or, or not. However, when Canada brings into the House of Commons a bona fide Nazi to honor him with a standing ovation of every party. Russia is, I'll tell you what I would do if I'm Putin. I would go, you see, uh, Nazis everywhere. This is what's emboldening us to invade Ukraine. This is an absolute disgrace. This is I mean, you know, it's it's crazy, Sheila. Um, the India fiasco, the the current India fiasco, that put Chinese electoral interference so far on the back burner you couldn't even see the steam anymore. Now, uh, India fiasco has been eclipsed by this. Uh, I'm going to call it Nazi Gate, and I don't know the way out of this mess for the government. But it begins with resignations. That's how we start to unravel this, Sheila. Not just an apology. And by the way, Sheila, why is it the apologies I've seen so far, they don't mention Hunka's name? It's kind of, well, you know, there was some guy that was in that. Yeah, yeah, that's right? His name is Hunka. Why, assuming that's his real name, um, why don't they even have the transparency to name the individual in question, because just 48 hours ago, everybody was giving him a standing ovation. You know, it, the Russians really are taking this as a propaganda win. Oh, yeah. Uh, completely. Um, they're saying it's outrageous um, that a Ukrainian man who served in one of Adolf Hitler's Waffen SS units was presented Canada uh, to Canada's parliament last week as a hero. Um they're not wrong, but this is a huge propaganda win for the Russians. There's not a genocide air that Justin Trudeau won't cozy up to. Have you noticed that? Like between China and actual Nazis, like think about how few members of the Waffen SS are still alive. And like I said, during the morning staff call, this guy should have ended up strangled on an Argentinian beach 60 years ago, and it should have been labeled a stroke. Um but think about how few of them left the living there are. Mm. And somehow Justin Trudeau and his people managed to find one 
and trot him out in front of the parliament. But this is the same government that called truckers crypto-Nazis. Hong Kong was uh, a dog whistle for the Nazis, thanks to Yara Sachs saying that. Uh, Another international embarrassment, by the way. Yep. Um, That if you uh, are a vaccine skeptic, if you're like, yeah, I just, I don't believe in vaccine passports. You're a Nazi. Um, If you're a member of the men's drinking club, the Proud Boys, you're a Nazi on a terrorist watch list. But somehow a member of one of Hitler's kill squads ends up in the House of Commons and everyone's like, he's a hero. He fought the, he fought the Germans. Imagine hating, the, or he, he fought the Russians. Imagine hating the Russians so much that you're siding with the Nazis because that's what just happened in the House of Commons. Yeah. Once again, Justin Trudeau and his liberals have made Canada the international laughing stock this time by bringing a member of the Waffen SS Nazi death squad to Canada to give him a standing ovation in the House of Commons to call on the man responsible Anthony Rota the speaker of the House of Commons to resign or be fired please visit fireroda.com Welcome back. Your letters to me. The first on the United Nations Foreign Censorship Treaty, Mr. Mr. Jarek says, in a digital economy, who owns and controls your digital identity and the algorithms that define your existence, your access or prevention of access to information? It is essential that we have a digital bill of human rights that allow for free speech and freedom from reach of influence from corporate or political agendas. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, I mean, it's like the terms of service. They they basically take all of your rights. I mean, if you look at the terms of service for TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, you'll be shocked. You give them an unlimited license to use your content for whatever purpose they want. Everything you write, everything you type, every photo you upload, even if you don't make it public, you give them the rights to. That's your rights. Do you ever read the terms of service? My guess is you have given away everything. And I'm not saying this to criticize you. I've obviously done it too. Uh, Here's the next letter. Elementary psychology. Trudeau gets asked a question and can't even look in the questioner's eyes while answering. Plus, JT's lips were moving. Ezra correction. Ukraine doesn't respect us more. They just like the monies donated. You're uh, asking about my question. Can you name any country with whom Relations are better today than when Trudeau took over. I had suggested Ukraine and Cuba, but I'm not even sure if that's true. Bill 4570 says, great work, Rebel team. You're looking good, Mr. Levant. Must be all the fighting you're doing for Canada. Thanks and keep it up. We appreciate it. Well, we yeah, last week was such a busy week. We really were fighting in one quarter or another almost every day. Uh, this week, the news all happened on the weekend. The crazy stuff happened on Friday, but I was so distracted by the noisy protests and then by, by Trudeau's sort of unhinged speech, I didn't notice that little detail of the Nazi. And it took me till like 1 a.m. on Saturday night to notice it. But I think we had a role in forcing that through because my tweets on that seriously got 3 million views on Saturday night, which is incredible because I was tweeting at like 1 a.m., I'm not sure if this story would have broken through the mainstream media if it weren't for independent media. I I think the entire establishment was either in on it or just totally incurious. 
you can understand why Trudeau thought he would get away with it. I mean, he got away with it when he met Andrei Melnik in, in Kiev. Uh, Christia Freeland got away with everything she's gotten away with. They just simply pushed their luck too far, I think. Well, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm.